And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean all right, everyone, it is another edition of the Weighing In Podcast. Edition number 128. When I was on the LAPD, that was a complaint form. And God knows I had to have a lot of those. So, Joshua Thompson, we got people making complaints about us. I am so <laughs> upset with all this. How wow. are you doing? You know, I'm actually surprisingly in a good mood. I mean, I think with a couple of good explanations to people and uh, maybe they'll all start to understand. But I was, you know, and everyone knows that I read the comment section. So I went through that thing and we got a lot more negative comments than we normally do. And I, I get it. Like you had said, you and I were talking off air. And you said, well, you know, 50% of the people wanted Alger to win and 50% of the people wanted Peter Yon to win. And it really just comes down to when you speak against the other person, what are they going to do? The other 50% is going to hate you. And so I, you can't make everyone happy, but I'm used to reading the comment sections and our comments is usually blown up with positivity, which is very rare for YouTube channels. But uh, this time it was still had some positive vibes in there, but I, I got some hate mail a couple of times. I was thinking, <laughs> damn, I was waiting for someone to try and blow up my house. Oof. Um, Where do you want to start, John? Because there's a lot. We could start about a lot of things. What? You know what? I'm going to let you decide where you want to start. Um, okay. So for, okay. So we'll, I think the Aljo thing should be, it's going to take a longer duration, but just real quick, okay. I want to get this out of the way and get this off my chest. Um, with the Islam Makachev thing, everyone's like, oh, he had a great performance and you were talking about the same thing. He finished him with the, you know, pressure. And I understand that. But what I want people to understand is when I said I wasn't impressed with his performance, everyone needs to get that I've trained with him for years, over five, six years. He has gotten so much better. He is, like I said, I see him being the future champion. And I think if he was to fat, be fast-tracked, he be, could be champion by the end of the year if that's what the UFC wanted to do. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I have seen when he is relaxed in the gym. I have trained with him when he's relaxed in the gym, and I've seen him flow. I've seen him do everything to top-level guys, putting top-level guys in twisters, me being included, other guys, and actually laughing and joking about the submissions that he says he's going to hit and then hitting them. Like... That's my point when I was talking about that. I know how good he is. I think a little bit of the, the long layoff kind of um, took the luster out of what he was doing. People need to understand that when you have that amount of time off, he really was just trying to get back there and get that win, move on to the next fighter. And he did exactly what he had to do. I am not knocking that. I am simply saying I know what his level of um, talent is. And even though he lived up to it, I want to see a little bit better out of him because I know he has that. He has so much more that people haven't seen. That's all I wanted to clear up. I wanted to clear that up for a second. I think you did. I, it's a matter of you've trained with him and you know how good he really is. And you you have high expectations for him. Yes. And But it, it's always, you know, sometimes we expect more of the people that we have been around and uh, know how good they are and how good they, they can be. And we want them to perform at that peak level. And give him time. Well, Just you have to. Time, man. People need to go back and look at the beginning of Khabib. Okay, he was a, he was almost like a blanket. He was all over you, and that's kind of what Islam was doing because they weren't as relaxed in that cage. He hasn't fully settled, and he's not. As, he hasn't been as active as Khabib was either. But as Khabib got more comfortable in realizing how damn good he was, that changes how you are. And that's what I had said the other day on Saturday when I said. 
Um, I go as more fights develop, the confidence will grow, and his comfortable him being comfortable inside the octagon will make a big difference on how much more ground and pound you see out of him. He's got nasty ground and pound. He's got obviously we saw the control. We didn't get to see a whole lot of the ground and pound because he was more like I said, it felt like a, very stiff, but concerned about I think just getting through this fight, moving on to the next one. He knows he belongs in that top ten, top top seven, eight. And then right into that next, you know, get, trying to get to that next level of the top five, top three. That's kind of his goal is making sure that he lives up to that. And I think there, after the long layoff, the pressure was on him. He got back in there, knocked off the ring rust and the win and had a dominant performance over someone who's extremely talented in Dober. And I thought he looked great, you know, and to finish somebody like that, like you said, he tapped him to pressure and I shouldn't have been so hard on him, but... <laughs> But it's not even so much being hard. I just know the level of how good he is and what people should be expecting to see in the future. That's it. Well, we all expect big things in the future. I think he's going to be great. And yeah. I thought I, Drew Dober has gotten so much better. Yeah. And I was really impressed with, with what Drew Dober was doing at times against Islam. Man, he stuck in there in a lot of situations where you go, man, I'll tell you what. He just worked himself out of a bad spot, man. He's, he is, he is using a lot of energy, but man, he is keeping himself safe. He's doing good. I got to give it to Islam. I thought he fought one of the best fighters as far as Drew Dober, you know, as a, his level right now, you know, Drew Dober was on like a four fight win streak and he made Drew look, you know, average as far as he couldn't get any offense going against Islam. And so to me, that was impressive in itself. Yeah. Um, the next topic, I guess we could get into, or I guess we're still on Islam. Rafael Dos Anjos comes out and says, Islam Makachev, stop this hype. Like, because he apparently like everyone's talking about how good he is, this and that. But I think it was because, like I said, the dominance of what he, what he had, he said, did he just beat a top contender? Uh, Dariush beat Dober and no one says crap. Said, stop that was the a hype. while ago. Hold on. Okay. That was a while ago. <clears throat> yeah. You know, when Dariush beat. Dober, that was what two years now. Dober's a different guy. I, I, I'm, I mean that one. And you know, he's been he he switched training camps. He changed what he was doing. He's gotten way better. And you know, if there's one thing that Islam has proven, his fight against Davi Ramos, that's what tells you how good of a grappler he is. I don't know if everyone knows who Davi Ramos is, but this guy was an ADCC champion. This guy can roll, mm -hmm. and he could do nothing with Islam in that fight. He was underneath him the whole time. And, and you look and you go, ah, I, I love RDA and RDA is a hell of a fighter. He was a, you know, he's fought everyone. He is as tough as you can be. But man, I'll tell you what, that might not be a good fight for it's RDA. Not, it's not you a know, good fight. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, it, RDA is good in the standup. He's got, you know, he's got, good ground game you saw him use his ground game in his last fight extensively against felder but he's not going to be able to do those same things on the ground with islam in fact he's going to find himself in a little bit of trouble i think and, and some bad positions at times based upon their just the way they do things and so it's going to be an interesting if they if they match up you know sometimes you know be careful what you wish for well, most people I even read in there that Islam wasn't that good because he had a tough time with Saryukin. But Saryukin's very good. He's a very good wrestler. But on top of yeah. that, though, that week, I don't know if he had 
staph, but he had some sort of infection. He was on antibiotics, Islam was. And so he had kind of got a little bit tired in that, but they still had a great fight. And Islam looked phenomenal, I thought, in the fight. But people that don't know those little backstories, this is why they come to weigh in podcasts, is to hear this type of stuff. You know, I mean, like, these are the things. Like, I'm not trying Good to point. I'm not trying to hype him. I'm simply telling you guys that I have per- firsthand experience with training with him. And knowing what his potential is. And when I say he's a phenomenal wrestler, it's a different style of wrestling as well. With Khabib, you can say, yeah, he's a great wrestler with the double leg, the lift, the slams, all of those things, and the pressure, that type of stuff. But like I have said, Islam has a different style of everything, whether it's on the feet as as well as on the ground. He has more of a submission base, and he's very good off of his back. That's another thing. So if he does get taken down, I wouldn't expect him to be there too long. But as for, as for RDA, not a good fight for him. Not a good fight for him at all. So, but we might see we might see that one next. It was scheduled. It got canceled, and yeah. the potential of them fighting. I think, given that RDA is ranked high, I think it makes sense. Oh, it definitely makes sense. If if you're Makachev, you're looking at it going, I will take that fight now because yeah. it's only going to take him springboard and forward. Well, he's looking if he, if he gets the win. He asked for the Tony Ferguson fight. I don't think Tony's going to take yeah. that fight. <laughs> well, it all it makes sense. It does. Come on, it really makes sense, especially off of five times that Khabib was matched with him that it never happened. So maybe just switch, uh, you know, the names a little bit and it'll happen. Give you an idea of the fight. Possibly. Yeah. I would really like to see him fight like either RDA or Tony Ferguson, one of those two guys, and then take some, you know, take his time or whatever, and then go on to the next opponent. See what see at the top the dust needs to settle. You have Chandler, Oliveira, you've got Dustin and Gaethje, but I mean, Chandler, Oliveira, they're kind of what battling over who's next because of the Connor situation. So Islam, I think, has enough time to fight RDA or Tony. I don't think that Tony's going to take the fight. He'll probably want somebody else, but we'll see. But the RDA yeah. fight does make sense because they were already scheduled to fight. It does. It makes total sense. be interesting to see. Um. All right. So what else? Oh, let's talk about real quick. Megan Anderson reveals that the UFC featherweight division is being dropped from the promotion and that Felicia Spencer will be the last fight against... Uh, can't remember who Felicia Spencer is fighting next. Oh, it's a, they had it. They, they brought Rod, another girl in. I think she's from France. I can't gotcha. think of her name. So that uh, will be the official last fight of the featherweight division, which you had said, and we had said for I don't know how. That's it. if you guys had listened to our podcast weighing in, you guys will understand. We've already said this. We said this what two three months ago that I don't see it really going much longer. And can't. Uh, yeah, they couldn't. They don't have enough fighters in that division to make it to make it work. You know, you're looking and your champion can go to 135, even though I don't think she wants to. I think she likes the 145 and I don't blame her. But, uh, you know, Amanda can definitely go back down to 135. And so what are you really losing in the end? Not that much. No, they're not losing I anything. Understand? It's it. just a smart business decision on their part. <clears throat> um, I've seen them get rid of. They got rid of the 155 pound uh, weight class for a couple of years. Who knows? They may bring it back. That was you a know, while ago. That was a while ago. But I'm saying, I'm saying they brought it back. I'm saying, but the uh, 145 pound division for the female, they may bring it back down the road when there's a, a little bit more request for it. I mean, they realistically brought this on for Chris Cyborg, and then Amanda yes. has finally said, "You know what? I will go up." And if I was somebody also during that time frame, I don't think I'd want to go up to 145 knowing that you have Chris Cyborg in one and you got Amanda News in the other. Like, you're not getting past those two to get to the title. And if they're in separate divisions, you have to eventually fight them to win the title. I, I, if I was somebody, a, a female, I'd be like, nah, hard pass. I'll just stay at 135 or 125 or whatever weight class that they are not in. Because both of them are stone cold killers. Phenomenal well, fighters, both of them. 
Chris is is not going to make 135, but no. Amanda will. Yeah. So even if you're a 135, you still got that girl named Amanda Nunez yeah. above you. That's trouble. That's uh, you know it, it's it's just. I mean, you looked at it and it was like it's just logic. They can't hold a division where they have basically four to five fighters. It just doesn't work. And yeah. so it's it makes sense. You know, I'm sure that uh, Felicia Spencer and uh, Megan Anderson will find a home somewhere else that they'll be able to fight. You know, there is the you know Bellator has got, and I'm not saying because I worry Bellator, but they've got a legitimate 145 pound division with quite a few women that are uh, really good so they'd fit right in there and so maybe that's yep. where they'll go yeah i'd like to see julia bud and felicia spencer fight oh yeah i'd like to see canadian, that fight the canadian battle i like that yeah i like to see that fight Ooh, good stuff um right. reports dan hardy responds oh, i don't even man. do you know about this i i read a little bit of it but no one really came clear on what was done and and other than he got fired from bt sports as well as ufc but yeah. it, did it happen? It was was it over a contract? It was over a loss of, from what I was told, it was over him not being informed of something that was there for him that was then passed over to somebody else that he wasn't told of, and he got upset that the person didn't tell him. And if that, I I don't know the whole situation. Yeah. I, I don't think it had anything to do with oh it was because it was a female employee or anything like that. All I know is this. Dan Hardy uh, is good for the sport. Dan Hardy is an outstanding analyst. He's so good. And uh, the UFC is losing something by losing Dan Hardy. They really are, in my opinion. It's, uh, he was a feather in their cap. He was so good for them. I, I'm not saying, I don't know the particulars of what he said or what happened <clears> in this, and maybe it's the right thing, but they're going to miss him. What's his podcast? He's got a pretty good podcast from what I've what I've read well, he, and heard of. He, he's got the he's got his breakdowns. I don't I'm not sure you know what the name of his podcast is, but I, he has the the one with Mark Goddard. I think it's okay. Listen. Okay, and uh, they've got that that they do periodically. But he's got one that's on. It's all him breaking down upcoming fights, and he really does a great job. Great job. Uh, let's see if we can. This find is it. like workout stuff. I'm not um, okay. You got to figure the UFC was doing that, the whole breakdown show where they put Dan Hardy and John Gooden, and it was a, an actual series where he would break down fights. The War Room? Uh, ah, the, the war, war Room. The War Room is what the it's war called. Room. There you go. Good job. Thank you very much. Yeah, for those of you guys listening, like just to show some support, man, go to his podcast, Listen with Mark Goddard is what you're saying, and then also The War Room. Give him, give him a room. shout. Give him a listen and uh, support him, man. Um, that's really the best we can do is just kind of be supportive of these guys especially with him like knowing that he's given his life to fighting he was he's very talented like i agree with you he's great behind the mic very knowledgeable and uh comes with the right energy and the accent kind of helps a little bit you know i don't know about the accent <laughs> something i can't i can't really i can't mimic it very well so but uh i think it helps get viewerships as well so but uh yeah i don't know the whole situation so i don't really want to get into it too much it's a crap situation uh, I hope I hope he's hope he does a lot. I hope he does all right. Yeah, me too. All right, last last thing is some uh, on some on the bright side before we jump into this Aljo stuff. Oh, um, <laughs> poor <breaths>. Dan Hooker. <laughs> Fifty six days away from Jeez. his family, Dan Hooker's finally back with his family after 
I mean, he fought in the corner card race. You think about how long ago that was. He's finally January twenty ninth, nineteenth, nineteenth. Okay, and the crowd goes wild to Dan Hooker. <sighs> People hate when I do that, so that's why I do it. But any reason I can do it. So uh, I just man, Dan Hooker, hats off to you, brother. I am sorry that you had to be away from your family for that long to go do your job, and it took that much for you to get back to your family. Uh, that's crazy. I'm, I, it's it is crazy. I mean, I feel bad that you know. I feel bad for his family. I feel bad for him. It's like, and then I was thinking, you know, in seeing this, what about like Israel Adesanya? What about Eugene Berriman, who's got a business and stuff? It's like, how do you hold people away from coming back and being able to work? It's just crazy. And he's got a he's got a newborn, not a newborn, but he's got a baby as well. It's like being right. away from your child that long. <sighs> brutal look at this yeah. this is one of those feel good stories man got me pumped today that's nice good. that's cute she's got the little uh good for dan yeah that's awesome man that's awesome uh, he, deserves, I, he deserves a bonus pay for that one man. you would think right you would you would oh. think they would kind of help out a little bit with that situation man um okay so let's get into this aljo stuff do you want me to go first and you can have the the rest of the rant <laughs> go ahead no okay so when we had originally talked about this, the the criticism was that people couldn't believe that we were like, oh, we thought he was living and that he was kind of like um, playing it up. Now, look, you guys at home, I want you guys to understand two things can be true. He could have he played. I'm, I'm just going to straight up say he played it up. There's just no there's no way around it. He played it up. Now, that being said. Should he have gotten up and fought? Doesn't mean he wasn't hurt. Exactly. That's the other situation. Playing it up is that fighters do it all the time. And I understand. I get it. Look, you're in the fourth round, right? Fourth round. It's fourth round. You get injured. You get injured. You're, you're down on the cards. You know it's not going your way. Or you're starting to get tired. And things are not like the things that you had success on in the first round, you don't have success on in the next round, in, the, in this round. Your game plan's kind of falling apart. You realize your, your speed's not as effective as it was in the first and the second round. All of those things can be true. You could have played it up, and you could have also made a good business decision on making sure that you got another title shot. And this, being the champion now, was a good business decision. I'm not saying that you're a quitter. I'm simply saying that you could have been hurt, but you played it up. And there's no doubt about it. Like, from what I understand, he went to the doctors. He was released okay and was not concussed. No. So if he's not concussed, I, I don't. Okay, we've said that we have years and years of experience of seeing people get knocked out. I've got years of experience. You especially have got. You've seen thousands of them happen. You know, for me, I've seen a couple hundred, but I've seen it. I've still seen. I'm. I've still. I've probably seen at least. 20 or 30 in the gym. You know what I mean? But like you see these and they never act like this. They ask questions. They're not, you know, and all of these things. Now, all of those things, like I said, could be true. He could have lived it up. He could have, he could have, uh, you know, faked the funk, I guess you could say. And then <laughs> could have faked <laughs> the funk. Like and, but he could have also, and, but he could have also made a good business decision, which he did. Those two things could be true, which they, I believe they are. He is guaranteed now to defend the title and fight for title money. And everyone's like, oh, he's not going to get pay-per-view money. You, I can't imagine him being the champion and not getting pay-per-view money. Whoever is, whoever his uh, manager would be would be an idiot if he didn't win the title and get pay-per-view money. So we're like, oh, you don't think the UFC is going to give it? No, it's in the contract. 
doesn't matter what the UFC is like, oh, you want it this way. It doesn't, doesn't, things don't change because of that. The contract states this, and the UFC will follow that contract. He will get pay-per-view dollars now on that. Whether it's a dollar, whether it's a dollar seventy, whether it's two dollars, who knows? Okay, that's up to his management and him. But I'm simply saying that those two things are not separated. If you can have both things, okay, for it to happen. That's my rant on that situation. Good rant. All right, here's my here's my thing to Aljo. First off, I want to say, Aljo, I love you as a person. And I think you're an incredible fighter. You are absolutely outstanding. Anybody that can uh, have the performances that you've had, especially like your Corey Sanding, dude, you're awesome. I listened to your podcast, and I listened to what you said, and here's the answers to some of it. I can't remember all of it, but there's there's some things that you said. One of the things you talked about was that how is a guy not a cha- how is a guy a champion and doesn't know the rules? Well, even in what you were saying, you didn't know the rules because you said that you thought it was going to be a no contest, but you would know that you can't have a no contest in a championship fight if it's entered the fourth round. Not possible. So even you don't know all the rules. And what really I think happened with Peter Yan, and there is no doubt. He hit you with a massive knee. I, you took it like a champ, all right? The fact that it didn't knock you out because a knee is a heavy uh, tool to use as far as the amount of torque and velocity and weight behind it, it knocks people out. So I do believe, and, and this is what happens, is the referee goes in the back and he starts talking to Peter Jan and his people. Peter Jan speaks Russian. So what is the referee using? He's using an interpreter, and he starts talking about this hand being up and down as far as what will make you ground and what not, and his interpreter is saying stuff, but the referee doesn't understand what the interpreter is saying either, and there could be some bad, you know, information that's kind of put out there, and that really is when the referee calls you down with when your hand's down, you were already down, your knee was down, and then you took your hand up, you were still a down fighter, and in my opinion, he believed that he could legally knee you at that time was it a mistake absolutely was it wrong absolutely but i don't think the intent was to foul you he thought what he was doing was legal it obviously wasn't and you got hurt by something that he did that was illegal so something's got to be done when you sit there and you ask all right when is there a disqualification then tell me when there is what would you there are you never going to have it or anything like that yes the disqualification is there for a reason but as an official, when you have more time, because you know, let's be honest, this was that referee's very first world title fight. And it takes time to be able to be calm and relaxed and not take things personal, even as the referee, because as the referee, sometimes, you know, when that knee goes off and it hits Aljamain Sterling, the referee's like, I can't believe you did that. And he's stopping the, and it's like, how, what are you doing? And you're thinking, oh my God, how, that was unbelievably wrong. And he's becoming personally involved in something that you don't get personally involved in. You try to take care and you make sure that the one fighter is put to a corner and he knows that he's going to stay there. And then you come in and you check on your fighter. If you need to bring the doctor in, you bring the doctor in, all that stuff. And then we decide if the fight can continue. So when we have this situation and you're saying, well, it's a disqualification. It can be. And I said before, that the referee was absolutely within his right 
to make it a DQ. But I'm going to take you back and tell you why I wouldn't have. This is a world title fight. And world title fights ending in a disqualification can happen. But usually it's going to be based upon more than just one thing. If I take you back to Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield, that was a world title fight. You're talking about millions of dollars out there. You're talking about people in the crowd, which obviously there's not at the UFC right now, but still pay-per-view dollars, big time for that fight, bigger than you know probably what was on UFC 259, but UFC 259, that's big, big money. So there's a lot of other issues in this. Your safety is number one. If you can't fight, we don't want to put you back in the fight. But to just end a fight is not the first thought process. And if you go back to Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield, Mills Lane wanted to disqualify him right away. He felt personally affronted. And it was Mark Ratner, who now works for the UFC, who was the executive officer who pulled Mills Lane to the side and said, hey, this is a big fight. It's a world title fight. Let's see if Evander can continue. And then let's take points because you're trying to give the fans what they're paying money for. And you're trying to have the promoter have their fight. If the fighter can go on. Now you couldn't go on. Evander went on with part of his ear missing. And then Mike tried to bite him again and he got disqualified. It was multiples. And that's the big difference. When you have multiples, that's when we look towards that disqualification. If we have something that's egregious, Peter Yan goes and grabs your head and takes his thumb and stabs it into your eye. That's egregious. That's more of a disqualification. Unfortunately, you know, knees to the head of a grounded fighter, kicks to the head of a grounded fighter, downward elbows. These things happen in MMA, even though we don't want them to, but we try to mitigate and monitor them. And so with that one, that is why I would have gone to the scorecards. And when I went, and when I say I go to the scorecards, here's the big difference that would have occurred. The championship probably, now I know, I didn't know then, but I know now the championship would not have changed hands. It would have been in the end, probably what we call a majority draw. And that's because you had three rounds that were already judged. Aljamain Sterling was behind on two of the judges' scorecards. He was up on the one, and then they would have scored the fourth round. They would have scored what they saw of the fourth round, and there's no doubt that every judge was going to give that to Peter Yan. He was winning that round. So I can't say there's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there was doubt. He was winning it pretty handily. So Peter Yan's going to win that fourth round, the portion of the fourth round that was actually fought. So he's going to be up. I'm going to take, you know, if you're not doing, if Aljo's not doing, you know, something this bad, I'm going to take two points away from Peter Yan, which means that now on two judges' scorecards, it's going to end up being that it's an even fight. And on one judge's scorecard, Aljamain Sterling is going to be winning, but that becomes a majority draw, meaning that the title doesn't change hands. So, a lot of this is just, you know, the way it works in officiating and the way it works in sports. And so when you're asking, you know, is there, you know, ever that time that you would take a disqualification? Yeah, I've disqualified two fighters in my entire career. Okay. It's not something that you do much, but there are those situations that you will. You talked about 
that, you know, you would talk to me, Al Jermaine, I, again, I love you as, as a fighter. I never refereed one of your fights. You know, I didn't get that honor because you are special. But I think you're talking about a situation where I talked to your coaches. And it was after you lost a fight against to Brian Caraway. And I had told your coaches that I thought you got screwed, that it should have at least been a draw. You should have won the first round of that fight 10-8. And what they told you, I don't know. But it wasn't me directly telling you. So, you know, you, you came up with some stuff. I hope that answers it for you. I absolutely know you got hit with a huge <clears throat> knee. If you say you couldn't have gone on, I'm okay with that. But there is a difference in when you disqualify. And so, you know, it's a good thing that you had the referee that you did. He gave you the disqualification. But that referee saying that he was going to disqualify while you're lying on the ground underneath his feet is not a good thing. It doesn't look good. And it's not your fault. It's just the level at that time of what that referee is under and what he's had in the past. Again, there's levels to everything, and there's certain things you don't do. And you, you figure those out over time, same as you figure them out over time in fighting. And you have changed your fighting style over time because you've figured out what works and what doesn't. And when you haven't had these situations, you can make those simple mistakes that don't seem like anything, but they're big. And they've happened to other fights in the past, and they've made a difference. So uh, you being the champion, congratulations. But I look at it, no doubt, both of you, you and Peter Yan, should be matched back up because I know that you are not completely satisfied with the outcome of the fight. I know he's not satisfied. I know the fans aren't satisfied. And not that you owe anybody. You don't owe anybody. But it would be good to see you guys do it again and may the best man win. Well, when you, there you go. when you started this, you said exactly what you and I originally, when we first started working together about the rules we don't know shit as fighters uh, about the gonna, rules okay I, I was not gonna put you on the spot because you always yeah. said john you always put me on the spot but josh yeah uh, when you when you were fighting do you know more now <laughs> than way when more. you were actually a fighter in the cage way more i did not okay. know that that would have been a dq I did not know and i did not know if it was past the second round or the third round whether they would go to the scorecards or not and mm -hmm. I, I didn't know any of that. Like, yeah. I thought like, okay. If, and I also, you hear fighters get up all the time and say, well, if I get, if he gets DQ, do I win? You yes. hear him say that all the time. You know, it's and like, it's a, and it's a really bad referee that goes yes or no. <laughs> yeah. You understand like fighters, that's what fighters do. Cause they don't know the rules. They don't know the, the ins and the outs of like, when do we go to the scorecards? Is this going to be a no contest? Who keeps the title? If it's a no contest, who gets the title? If it's a DQ, like they don't know those things. I mean, there's no. so many things and that, that I've learned by working with you side by side, you know, calling the fights for Bellator as well as just doing the podcast together. But this is why people come to our shows because I give the fighter perspective on how dumb we are when it comes to the rules. It's true. And then you give the, the real knowledge on like what it is because you wrote the rules. And I know we can't, I know we always say that, but it's true. And so when it comes down to it, like it's best that, in this situation, do I think that he was hurt? Yes. Do yes. I think that he played it up? Yes. Do I think he made the right business decision? Yes. All of those things can be true. 
You know, I'm not knocking him. And he even goes on to talk about in this video he did. I don't know if it, who was it for. It was like MMA Junkie, I think, posted it. But he did a video with balloons behind him. And he admits that the UFC, had he got up and fought and lost, that he probably wouldn't have got a rematch right away. He would have had to fight two or three more fights. Those were all things that he admitted were going through his mind as he was laying there. He was making a business decision as he laid on that canvas. And before you guys criticize what I'm saying right now, let me just tell you, every fighter is laying on that canvas making that same business decision. Every time they get kneed in the face or they get poked in the eye or, or hit in the growing for the third time, they're making their business decision. Look at certain fighters. Who was it? Stefan Struve. He got kicked in the growing. I don't know how many times. He kept trying to fight. Yes, kept trying ben to Rothwell. fight. Yes. And then it's like, though sometimes it backfires yeah. you understand and so the, well anthony, he, anthony smith was you know very similar in the situation obviously different placement he was up against cage against john jones but anthony smith got need and got same thing as aljamain he got smacked with that knee and he went on in the fight and a lot of people a lot of people said what are you doing why didn't you you would have won you would be the champion he goes i can't do that and you, you got to look and, you know, there's no, there's no questioning, you know, Anthony Smith's heart and his toughness, but that was his statement. He says, I can't, I, I'm not going to, I don't do that. And I'm not saying Aljamain did that. That's, I'm just saying it happens. These things happen. And, you know, there is that possibility that you get hurt to the point you go, Hey, I, I've got vertigo. I can't see out of my eye now. And many times look, you get hit. He got hit more to the side. He got hit flush. Uh, it didn't hit him on the chin, which is lucky because that would have made him unconscious. But, you know, it could end up hitting where you don't see out of one of your eyes, too. It happens all the time. So there's all kinds of things that can happen. The, here's the thing is I'm not I'm no way releasing Peter Yawn of any of the. No, of, he was wrong. He was wrong. That's not, I think people think because we are on we're we're telling Algerman like, hey, we understand. We, we know what you like. I felt like you lived it up. That doesn't mean that. I'm saying that Peter Yawn should still be the champion. It just means that he made a mistake. You did. took you took advantage of the situation, but it's fine. I understand because I wouldn't want you honestly to jump back in there knowing that you can't fight. No, that's that's yeah. what the difference is. Like when you get need like that, I'm not saying that you you know after five minutes we should have got up and seen how you were. You didn't have a concussion, so it's well, not it, the same. It I, all comes down to this. Only Al yep. knows how hurt he was. He's the only one. It's a, you know to sit there. Well, the doctors, doc, the doctors only going to go with the safe route and saying, "Hey, he says that you know he's he's uh, he's woozy or he's dizzy." The, the doctor's going to say, uh, uh, "Can't fight. That's normal." Uh, but only Al knows how hurt he was, and man, maybe he was seriously hurt. Maybe he is you know hearing you know that buzz that you'll get when you get smacked hard and stuff. Only he knows. Yeah. But when you see all the other fighters, here's the thing that's going to happen. And this is not Al Jermaine's fault at all, but he's going to hear this from fighters that he's fighting forever. Yeah. You know, they're all going to, you know, when they're, when they're trying to get under his skin, this is what they're going to pick at because they know it. This is something I can get at him and he's going to have to be able to just let it go because they're going to try to pick at him to get under his skin, to make him fight stupid in the next fight. That's, it's called well, psychological warfare, and they're going to try to do it. Well, when I said it was a bad look, I got murdered for saying that on Aljamain's part. I said it was a bad look. But the problem is, though, is that 
fighters now are already put Peter Yon being one of obviously one of them posting pictures of him at the at the at having a party with the belt over his shoulder at dinner with the belt over his shoulder like well, you understand what I'm saying but that's what fighters are going to do that's yeah. what you're talking about right now they're going to jab at him saying yeah you fake champion this I said it's a bad look you know because you were so hurt during the fight but then two hours later you're at a restaurant having dinner with but obviously your family and your friends that care for you and love for yeah. you and and i and you i can't, understand you can't that. blame him for that you cannot blame him for that no you know and so and but the thing is i'm just simply saying like you i'm just backing up what you said fighters are gonna stick that to you they're gonna post a picture every time of oh, fake are. champion or faking the funk or a picture of you falling back down or a gif of you falling back to your back being dramatic that's what they're gonna do they're gonna just tear you up in that way to get under your skin every single time that you fight wait so when you look at it and think about this as from the fighter's perspective when you're in aljamain's spot are you almost in a no-win situation 100 percent, you are john yeah, not just you're looking, you're, every you're, fighter that has to continue that, fighting you're well, in that, a, that's you're what in a i'm no saying win. you know you're you're in a no-win situation of Okay, I, I continue on even though I'm kind of hurting and I'm, I'm, I'm dizzy. You're going to end up losing the fight. And then you're in exactly what he was talking about. He was thinking about is you know, I lose the fight and then I'm, I got to go win three or four more. Or you get this result and it's a matter of now everyone's saying, oh, you're a fake champion. John, He's not I a think fake champion. He's the champion. But I, go ahead. I'd rather be the fake champion. Hell yes! You're because, like I said, a business decision it's is not, what he not, made. He's not. They can say it. He's not a fake champ. He like he legally and righteously won the title based upon a disqualification that was not made by him. It was made by the referee. Yeah. And so it's not. He didn't. He didn't create the. He didn't create the knee. He didn't create any of that. It's everything that goes with it. You're almost in that no win as you look at it well he's also not making it and i'm just being honest he's also didn't make it easier by taking pictures with henry cejudo saying i can see who cejudo being next like yeah, try, that was not, that already was not. trying to duck peter yawn like that's what people are going to talk about like i said it's a bad look because then what happened in the cage and then you see the photos of the party afterwards and then you see him squaring up with other fighters and then doing an interview saying that like i wouldn't be opposed if the ufc didn't want to do the automatic rematch with peter yawn that right there is just the all those things in a row, John, is a bad look. <laughs> I'm gonna be you now, but <laughs> I want, I'm being, I, okay. He's he sees Henry Cejudo, and so Henry says, comes up, says, "Hey, you know, congratulations or something like that. You know, let's take a picture. You know, let's face up." And so you do it, and yeah. then someone says something. He says, "Hey, if the UFC, you know, didn't want an automatic rematch, you know, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind this fight." I guess you just don't get on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, but John, you, we started off this, this uh, second batch of conversation is that he's in a, he's in a lose, lose situation. Yeah, he and, is. And I'm, and I mean, like, I know that we're, I see it. We're clearing the air right now. And it seems like we're ragging on him a little bit or I'm ragging on him a little bit more so, but it, it, the honest to God truth is he's in a lose, lose situation as a fighter that takes a shot an illegal blow, whether it's yeah. a growing shot, an eye poke, you know, a knee to the head, you know, a spear elbow, whatever it is. Okay, you're in. The, after that, you're fighting compromised. Yeah, like uh, look at guys like Raymond Daniels when he fought. Um, what's his name? He kicked him in the groin, oh. and and then he turned around. and He kicked him right back again. 
Like, and the fight was over. But the first like time. five seconds later. He was in tears. He was already in tears from the first shot on the ground. Took the full five minutes. Got back up. Nutted up. No pun intended. Actually, yes, it was. But, you know. <laughs> he didn't nut up. He <laughs> sucked it up. Yeah, he, he sucked, sucked it, it up. up. But it, then he got kicked right away. It was like, okay, done. There was just no way he was getting up. It was clean, hard. You know what I mean? But oh, in this situation. It was a spitting back kick from Ray Daniels. <laughs> but in this right situation, he's in a, sa- in a similar situation where you took a knee to the head. You're not, not going to be the same fighter. And not to mention in the fourth round when you're already starting to get tired. You're starting to slow down. And you explained yourself that you may never get this shot again. It was a it, okay, but but think about this and just tell me what you think. So if he didn't win the title and it was, we'll say, a majority draw, you think he gets any heat? No, I don't think he, I don't think he gets no. near the heat, and I think it's still going to be a rematch. I don't think upon, it's going to be a rematch. Why? The fight, the fight was a good fight, and it ended on an illegal blow. It was going to, it was starting to be one sided, and they would have seen that. And I think Dana, I don't think it would have been a rematch. So then Aljamain was completely right. I yeah, I, I know. That's why. That's why when he did the video, I was like, "You're stating all the, the you're stating all the claims that while you were laying there, you were calculating your decision in your head." He yeah. said it himself, and he, did, he said that. But in reality, and I've we've seen this before in the past where. Dana has said he's next and he's not next. You know what I mean? Like, so in reality, he's thinking I've seen this happen <laughs> and I know what potentially has happened and the fight wasn't going his way. And I, and as a fighter, you know, when you're down on the cards or you know that like it's starting to get away from you a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, I had, I think I had him winning the first and I had him winning the next or losing the last three or the next two, I should say going into the fourth. And I, he was losing that round as well. And yeah. so, as the fight was going on, it was it was becoming one-sided. And as Dana White, as a promoter, it's like people have already seen enough. They're not gonna need they're not gonna be interested in seeing this. Peter was running away with it and he would have left it, I think. Maybe they would have said, Hey, get one win and we'll get you back. But he would have had to fight somebody. Yeah. You know, and and so when we're talking about this, I'm not saying he didn't didn't make the right decision. No, I'm just simply no. saying that fighters will sometimes play it up and he played it up but it didn't mean it doesn't mean that i was saying that he should go out there and fight because he is a compromised fighter and we've talked he is he wasn't a shitty position because it's a lose-lose for him had he taken the majority draw he wouldn't have got the title shot next i don't think so they fans would have already seen that fight i already paid for that pay-per-view i already saw that guy saw him fight he was losing that's all that's what would have happened dana on to the next one just my two cents. I like it. Yeah. Makes sense. What two else? <laughs> two of them. Just two of them. What else you got for me, bud? Um, so kind of this rolls into fan questions, um, but just um, uh, it kind of still lingers on the Aljo thing. So DK asks us, uh, did you hear what Matt Serra had to say about Big John referencing Aljo? Um uh, played up somewhat for the sake of business. Um, John's response to Sarah? Question mark. I personally didn't think John said anything that controversial. So who said okay, that? I, so Matt first Sarah off, had comments. Yeah. First off, I didn't listen to Matt Sarah, and that there's reasons why I didn't listen to Matt Sarah. So I, Matt Sarah is a, a coach of Aljamain Sterling. What is what is he going to say? Anything that goes against Aljamain, he's not going to like, and I understand that. That would be normal. <laughs> I love Matt Sarah. 
I mean, I, I, I love Matt Sarah. And it's like you said, if once somebody has worked with somebody and they have put time in with them and they've rolled with them and they've trained with them and they've helped coach them, they're in. That's like, oh, that, yeah. that's their friend. That's like, that's kind of how this fight network kind of works unless you guys have a bad falling out. Matt I'm Sarah. McCarthy saying, do you know what it's like? Yes, I do know what it's like taking <laughs> you the face, Matt. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Realistic maybe not go. maybe not one that i didn't expect to come well i, I guess it didn't expect it to come now either way they still hurt <laughs> it still hurt <laughs> if they're hard enough you don't really feel them uh, uh i mean there's not much I, I would imagine you have much to say matt's a great guy matt obviously has a lot of he's one of those like kind of really like loyal guys to his boys and his friends and of super. course he's gonna stick up for his, his super someone loyal. he's worked with so yep. it's very understandable Real quick, guys, make sure you guys go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code weighing in and they'll give you some money. Can't ask for better than that. John, what do you think? If they're going to give me money, I just want to know how I get it to grow. I just want it to grow. <laughs> you got to listen to us to get the good odds and the good and get the good decision making. Well, maybe listen to John yeah. Yeah. for the we'll good decision making. Now and then. <laughs> no, yeah, like my last one. Let's see, I had, uh, I had Adesanya beating. Blahovich, I thought, and I had um, what else? Oh, I had Dominic Cruz. I thought Casey Kenny was going to possibly beat Dominic Cruz. I was wrong there too. Yeah, I had Yon winning the week. Of, I was a flip flopper though. Had, I started off with Izzy. You had Dom. I you had, had Yon and Dom. I had Yon and Dom, uh, yeah. but I also had Peter Yon <laughs> winning. <laughs> Who would have thought? And then we all had Megan Anderson losing. So, yeah, good stuff though. I, I, I the Dom fight honestly kind of kind of got to me and then i just real quick we're going to touch on it real quick is monster came out so they're going to launch an investigation into that whole situation with hans and we'll see uh, what happens it is what it is well yeah. i I, ref I would i want to refrain from holding any judgment until they do their investigation and more press comes out i think it's fair yeah but you know i, I want to say one thing sometimes guys forget mm. Sometimes people forget. I know where you're going and, with this. Well, come on, man. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying that, you know, if Dom is saying that Hans is getting clout from him or making him like things and stuff, he should not be doing that. I, mean, I totally agree with Dom. But, you know, Dom has had some long layoffs and it's those sponsorships that keep him going. And he's had a he's had a pretty good relationship with uh, Monster, and uh, so I mean, I don't know. They yeah. both both guys come from the same area. How's that? Yeah, they'll cross paths, and they'll hopefully they can sort it out. Yeah, but the investigation will happen, and then they'll you know, and we'll see what happens. And I re refrain from any judgment until then. Yep. Um. Look, realistically, I like the card, but I also to me, I just can't wait to see Leon Edwards fight. I think. <laughs> It's been so much so up long. and down for him and just being stuck in the UK because of COVID, you know, pretty much the whole time trying to get over here. Several fights have been talked about, have been signed and then not been able to go through. Um, you know, they removed him for the rankings for a little bit, put him back on. Then there's been so much stuff for him. Oh. So for him to finally get in there, but Bilal Muhammad <laughs> coming off of a good win. And already in shape, all he had to do is continue training and now has a chance to catapult himself right into that top position. I got it, man. I'll tell you what, he took a ton of leg kicks, though. I am surprised that his leg is in a position where he could train that, that you know, well. I mean, he took, I'm not saying he didn't win the fight easily. He did. 
But man, he did take a ton of shots from Lima on that leg, and it had to be sore. And you know that soreness doesn't just go away in a couple of days. Yeah, it's, it lingers. It's, so yeah, it's, it's about like, seven to ten days. I give him credit, man, because you know that leg had to be sore, and he's coming back into training. So, but like you're saying, he was in shape. He's always in shape. He, he, I've never seen the guy gas in a fight. So it's going to be interesting. His wrestling is an equalizer in it because he is a really good wrestler. He's good with his takedowns against the cage, but Edwards has gotten way better as far as his wrestling defense. So he's not going to be an easy takedown. And when you look at the stand-up, Leon Edwards is good. Not just that, but the speed overall. Stand-up is sharp. Yep, the speed is going to be a big fast. factor. Yeah, yep. and, and then you have to. what people need to remember is that when you have someone who's very fast, and I know there was a lot of controversy over the Izzy and Yon thing and the, the biting on the feints and all this stuff because, you know, the commentary team was saying that quite a bit, is that it once the fighter realizes, like Yon realized that Izzy was faster than him, it it makes them flinch with every little movement because they, they don't want to get hit. They don't want to get touched and those things. So when you're talking about Leon Edwards, you guys got to pay attention to Leon will throw feints. And if Bilal, if Bilal starts, Bilal, I, gotta, I gotta get it right. Bilal, <laughs> if Bilal keeps, if Bilal starts biting on it, it makes it easier for setups. And so it's 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 easy once you get a fighter to start biting to start setting up other things. And so that's one thing. If you're at home watching this fight, you guys should start paying attention to c keep a close eye on when Leon moves or Leon faints. What what Bilal does because that'll dictate on where how this is going to make it easier for Leon to potentially get a takedown at times to throw the striking and then get the takedown or fate the takedown and throw something high. I mean, along, all of those things will play a factor with the speed. The old sayings like, you know, speed kills. The reason why they stick around is because they're true, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. Is that like those old type of sayings is because speed does kill. And when you oh, see it, it, you see it in the smaller weight classes. Once the speed goes for the smaller guys, their career is pretty much over. You know, but when you get into this upper, the upper weight class, 70, 85, somewhere in there, it's not as much of a factor, but it is. It can be with guys like Leon Edwards. It's it's a factor because if you if you bite on all their feints, it's gonna be a long night for you, and you're gonna get pieced up. And it goes for everything because now it becomes easier to get that takedown. Now it becomes easier to to fake the takedowns and throw up high and 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 land and touch touch and then mix it up a lot easier. So I'm interested to see what Edwards looks like after this long layoff, but. I'm also interested to see how Bilal continued on and ready to go. Because the best way to get rid of that leg soreness is to keep training, get some muscle therapy, and kind of yeah. work through it a little bit. Don't get leg kicked there, okay? No, but, <laughs> you can avoid that. But get the, get the soft tissue work done, you know, and then yeah. keep, you know, start, keep running, keep, keep yourself in shape, get some grappling, some stretching in, all of those things that play a factor to help get rid of it. Like if you're sore, right? I do a hard workout on Monday. I do leg day. But if I go and do a light run in the morning and then I do like a little bit of, a, you know, some some kickboxing or some bag work and use my legs or a little bit of grappling by, by Wednesday, Thursday, it's pretty much already gone. And that's kind of the situation. I mean, I know it'll probably take a little bit longer if it's a hard knot, but he I mean, with some soft tissue work and some muscle therapy, a little bit of stem, a little bit of ice, all of those things will play a factor, you know, on him being able to recover fast enough to get him back into the training camp. I'm excited, man. This is this to me is a good fight. It's a fun fight. It's real. I look at it. The real question is, how good is Leon going to come out after the long layoff? Is it going to have no effect on him at all? Or is it going to have some effect where he takes his time and tries to, you know, just ease himself back into the fighters? Is he just going to go after Bilal? 
because I know Bilal's going to go after him. Yeah. Bilal's going to go right after him. He's going to put pressure on him. He's going to try to put his back towards the cage. And if he can get the takedowns, it's not going to be a nice uh, feeling for uh, Leon because Bilal's good at keeping people on the ground. So he's going to have to work hard. He's got to burn a lot of energy to get himself back up. It's an interesting fight. And right now, you know, Bilal's been, uh, he's been looking good. So obviously Leon Edwards is the favorite in the fight. He deserves to be, but I'm looking forward to it. Really am. The fight that I want to see is Manal. How do you say his last name? Cop? Cape. Cape. Okay. Yeah, but okay. Okay. I were saying cop last time I was. And I've heard both in yeah. in Japan. It was always cape. Now yeah. I heard when the UFC did it, it was cop. Yeah. But it was cape in Japan. So. And Pereira should be a good fight. It should be a good fight. You know, cape is he's fast. He's he's got to throw. Yeah, his last fight sometimes didn't hold the back. Didn't See, pull I'm the looking, trigger. I'm looking forward to Dan Ige against Gavin Tucker. I'll That's love me some Ige. A good fight. Dan Ige is, you know, it's funny because Gavin Tucker in his last fight fought Billy Quarantillo, who I think is just a tough come forward, just wear you out with pressure fighter, very similar to Dan Ige. So Tucker is, in, in my mind, he got a little bit of an advantage. He got one version of what Dan Ige brings through Billy. So we'll see how this one ends up. This should be, it should be a scrap. Dan will push the pace all the way to the bitter end to try and get yes. that win. And so that's I'm the whole point. That's yeah. what he faced in the last one. That's what I'm saying. He, you know, he kind of got that setup fight for, you know, you look and go, well, who's the fighter? If I'm going to fight him, who do I want to fight? I'll take that guy to give me that same type of look. Yeah. Interesting is that that matchup happened like that. But, and then it's good to see that Angela Hill and Ashley Yoder get to come in and do that fight that was canceled based upon, one of Ashley's uh, corner people having uh, COVID. So nice to see that they're back for that. Should be a good matchup. It's the second time that they've uh, they already fought once. Did they? I didn't know that. Yeah, they fought. Who won the first? I mean, Angela, did Angela, Angela win the Angela first Hill. One? Angela Hill won the first one. I don't, I don't know how long ago it was, but... Um, don't, don't keep going. Uh, you see it? Oh, there it is. Right there. 2017. Back in 2017. Yep. Yeah. A unanimous decision. Yep. All right. Well, uh, what do you think? Some fan questions there? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, by the way, you guys, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Guys, check out this shirt. Here you Look go. Look at that shirt. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Little March 17th. Sorry, guys. Little March 17th <laughs> right there with the St. Patrick's Day. This will only be available uh, until March 17th. So try and pick it up soon. And uh, you guys can wear it on St. Patty's Day. Hopefully, your guys' local bar is open for you guys to go out there and drink California. <laughs> not yet. So, still not yet. But for, for those of you guys in Florida and Texas and anywhere else that's open, enjoy. South Dakota. <laughs> hey, like man. They got, a, they got a haircutting place out here that has a bar. Nice. And they serve you free beer while you're getting your haircut. The, have you heard? I don't care how much the haircut costs. I'm doing it. <laughs> how much hair do you want in your beer though yeah that, i was, don't care i don't know there's a lot of places like uh like my hairstylist when i go to her she they give like wine and mimosas to the girls that are getting their hair done but they're there yeah, see? for like hours now. yeah, yeah see, no they one, do that for the ladies they just yeah. sit there with with a thing over their head that like keeps their hair up no 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 like they get their hair cut they get it dyed they get all they're there for three or four hours they're there forever man 
Yeah, this place actually, instead of having the, you know, the little waiting room with the magazines you yeah. normally have, it has a bar. You know, I don't know if you know this. There's a place called IPIC, IPIC Theaters. Do you know yeah. what IPIC Theaters are? They're like no. high-end theaters. And so I think they see... Like, are those in, the ones that serve you dinner? Yes. Okay. You sit in, they serve you dinner. They have got like the lounge chairs and they've got, they've got actually got like a bar. Sometimes they have gambling tables and, and gambling set up in there. So like you can, you can basically gamble on whatever it is you're watching. So like if you're watching the Super Bowl, right? You go there and you can watch Super Bowl in there, and you can gamble like they they do prop bets on all. Of it. Like does the does the kicker do a onside kick in the third quarter? You know it could be anything. Fights. Who gets knocked out in what? You know in what round? Does so and so punch punch stats do this? Yeah, but apparently they do. Like it's pretty cool little concept. I mean, but it's all high end stuff. I think companies and corporations kind of rent them out. You can watch sporting events in there. You know, big events. So we'll see. I think I'd like to see. I want to go try check this out. We should do that as a as a group, a, a Wayne yeah. group. You know what, you John? What do you what? think about doing a contest where someone gets a contest and gets to come to either a Bellator fight like with us, or we do like an event where we we do something with one of the fans? We could absolutely do that. I think we could. Maybe we. Uh, yeah, we have to figure something out. But I think it might be a good idea doing something like that. Doing it like a big event. Yeah, as long as you're paying for it, I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i've got plenty of time to still make money john's almost ready to kick the bucket <laughs> oh dude i'm a, dude one foot in the one foot in man oh jeez, come on all right dave give us some fan questions some q a baby all right the first question comes from kareem grahovich and he or she asks i don't know if it's a boy or girl's name uh question for both of you should knees to down opponent continue to be illegal what's the difference between a flying knee landing and a downed opponent knee landing is there is there a difference thanks looking forward to your opinion I, john we've had this conversation between you and i i think they should be allowed john i know yeah i think they should be allowed i guess there's gonna have to be rules on how like which positions they could be allowed from i guess i, I don't think so it's got to be like all or nothing i think because we don't want to end up with these like we're having sometimes with the rules the hand down hand down two hands down one foot three yep. points fucking disaster so I mean, <laughs> like you know but i mean like realistically i would love to see it because fights would end a lot sooner <laughs> like ah, see, that's not, right there right there yeah. is your whole thing where they're gonna go no yeah <laughs> but i think it would yeah. it would stop people from stalling yeah but there's no way here here's the reality of it is all right it's not gonna sound nice but it's this is the reality they're never going to pass something that a fighter can later on go you made the sport more dangerous because as soon as a fighter will say takes a knee to the to the you know face on the ground from his opponent and it's legal and it used to not be and now it is and his orbital gets crushed and he has uh, a partial blindness in his eye now he gets a lawyer and that lawyer goes after promotions and goes after athletic commissions and says you created this situation which it was safer before and you made it unsafe you created the situation and they're gonna win so that is never gonna happen just telling you right now it is a legal nightmare it won't happen so whoever wrote the rules the first time totally fucked it up <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that, that was that was a, a group of you know and, and a lot of it when you go back to that it was that it was um you know it was a barter system where you had people that really understood the sport some people that didn't 
and and we had a doctor and I, I remember his name i'm not gonna say it again but he was the guy man I, he was so against that and that's what you know the athletic commission at the time that was putting it together was the new jersey state athletic commission and larry hazard and he goes yeah we're not gonna allow that and so it was basically off the table yeah i mean you had talked about that you and Lorenzo had, had a conversation when they were trying to talk about the Spiro oh, down yeah. this, you know, what, 12 to six. And it just didn't make any sense. But you were like, Lorenzo said, John, let it go. Let it go. It's just not one yeah. of those battles we want to have over something so stupid. Just let it go. And we, now we can have a sport. Like, yep. if, can you imagine if the whole sport would have just went away because you guys had fought tooth and nail on the knees to the head on the ground and the Spiro elbow and been like, yeah, now there'd be no sport. And, you know, and then all these fighters, hundreds of fighters wouldn't be able to make a living doing what they love. You, you know, know? And it's, it's so funny, Josh, because people, they don't remember back to what the rules were, you know, even before you were part of the UFC. And, uh, you know, it used to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, but it used to actually be that, you know, at a certain point, you as a fighter, if you were knocked your opponent down, you in no way could use a kick or a knee at any time. You couldn't kick him to the body. You couldn't kick him to the head. You couldn't kick him, you know, in any place if they were on the ground. Couldn't kick their legs, you know. And so that was something that was brought back when we did the unified rules back in, you know, 2001. It was actually brought back. They said, yeah, that, that would, to the body, because we tried to explain, look, at least to the body, you know, because you're allowing one person to be offensive. You're, you're making the person on top have to jump in with punches. There's all kinds of things that went on. But, you know, there were some things that were even added in at the time so it was give and take when did you guys get rid of the dick punch <laughs> after ufc 14 Jeez, what took you guys so long come on man uh, yeah i okay and i and i mean this this is the truth it was after ufc one many of the fighters uh claimed that uh, if i was able to utilize knees and punches that i've trained in that are to the groin yeah, I would, it would have been a completely different fight. I would have done no. this because at the time UFC won, the rules were three rules, no biting, no eye gouging, no groin shots. And so at UFC two, they said, okay, groin shots, no biting, no eye gouging, everything else goes. And you, know, you can see that it really didn't affect the fights, but the, the one that was the big one was there was a guy named Keith Hackney and he fought Joe son yeah. who uh, ended up in prison. And he's holding a basically a C clamp on his throat while he's hitting him to the nuts and a cup, you know. But um that the rule was actually taken out after UFC 14 based upon we were trying to work with um the cable companies, and I took that out as one of the rules. You know, no groin shots were not allowed. Good call, John. Good Thank call. Thank you very much. Well played, my All friend. Right. Well finally played. did some finally did something right. <laughs> Oh, next question. Yeah, sorry, I was just watching Keith Hackney punch Joe Son. <laughs> okay, it's a you know you look and you say, wow, that's that's just dirty, that's nasty, and then you you find out why Joe Son went to prison. You go, that's a beautiful thing watching yeah. Keith Hackney hit him there. <laughs> um, next fine question comes from Billy Boy, who wants to know um, why is throwing in the towel in high level MMA so rare, even in situations like Anthony Smith, where he was obviously getting ruined by Glover. Isn't it illegal? No, well, it's not illegal, but it's not illegal, but they, they don't recognize it as a, as a forfeit. Correct. Wrong. 
Oh, okay. Was it well, was it that it's way changed. before? It's, it, no, okay. it's changed. Yeah, okay. it's changed. It was when we did the unified rules. Wait, wait, once again, fighters don't know the rules. <laughs> everything everything is going back to 2001 here. April of 2001 when we did them, Mark Ratner was the executive director of the Nevada State Athletic. He was not there, but he was listening in on a conference call through the whole thing. Really didn't say a whole lot, but the one thing that he wanted put in because in the state of Nevada, they did not like having uh, corner people being able to throw in a towel. So if you went back to the original unified rules, there was 31 of them. And number 31 was you were not allowed to throw in the towel. You had to tell the inspector. The inspector would get the, the you know, attention of the referee and stop the fight. And it, it's a muddled way. The throwing in of the towel is actually better, but they claim that, you know, it can be that someone in the crowd does and it can cause a problem. We talked about doing, you know, different colored ones for things so people wouldn't have those colors but uh that's that was rule number 31 but in 2010 they went and changed it and said states individually can make up their mind but as far as the unified rules they're going to say that it's allowed to throw in the towel now in the state of nevada it's still you cannot throw in the towel it's the only state that has it to where that's not something that you can do every other state Unified rules says you can do it. You can do it. Got it. Next one. And uh, next one's from Dawson Palmer. And he asked for both. What do you think about Dana White maybe looking for fights for Amanda Nunes outside of the promotion? Not going to happen, but it would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there would really only be one fight. You know, that would be Cyborg. I mean, unless they want to do like a, a super fight with someone like, what's her name? The big tall girl, uh, Gabri, uh, Gabby Garcia. Gabby Garcia. You know, something like that. I mean, that like, but that'd be like those are like super fight. I think mean, I think she's just you're a two time champion in two different weight classes. They're not going to do that to her. So, yeah, it, it's not going to happen. Bill, uh, not Bellator, but UFC's not willing to. They're not willing to do the cross promotion or start looking for fights outside of that. It just doesn't make sense to them. They can continue to have her be champion at one thirty five. They're just going to pay her a little bit more to, to keep her happy. And realistically, she's. She's marketable for another couple of years easily. Yep. Especially with her baby in her arms. And oh, the cage. Yeah. Yeah. So cute. And it looks, it was so nice to see. And you can tell how happy she is. Yeah. She deserves all that. She's great. I don't, you know, I look at it and it's, you know, I know, I know. Oh, we had the one discussion about, you know, greatest of all time that they use all the oh, time. We need her. to go. We need to talk about this. There you go. I gave it to you. <laughs> we need to talk about this. You don't like that. Because it's not true. She's not okay. the greatest of all time. Don't get me wrong. I know she beat uh, Cyborg. Okay. Yes. But the greatest of all time is done over a span. Not to mention you're taking. I don't know what. What's the age difference between the two of them? Uh, between I'm Chris saying, and, and Amanda. But Chris is not but, much. But Chris is what she's been. Cha she was champion and had was hadn't lost a fight since her very first fight. Her first fight. Yes. Ten years. Yeah. Amanda has yeah. gone up and down throughout her career. Don't get me wrong. She's right now at the top of her game. There's no oh, doubt. Absolutely. You can't, that's not deniable. But to absolutely. say that she's the greatest of all time, absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. Now, look, the arguments can always be that, and I've made these arguments against John Jones and everyone else that has had some sort of cheating problem. Okay, and Cyborg is in that conversation. I can't, not, go. I can't not have that discussion. So if you want to do that because of that, I agree. Okay, then you can say Amanda is probably right there next in line to be the greatest of all time. You know, I don't know what other female would be ahead of her. You know, I mean, there's there's Cyborg and there's Amanda gaining on her. But 
but 10 years. She was 10 years, I think longer than 10 years. Scroll down, uh, Cyborgs. Undefeated, undefeated. 15, 15 years. I said 2018 was when she lost to Nunez. And then uh, yeah, but 2005 what? was when. So 2005. So 2018. So what? 13, 13 years. years. 13 years, not one loss fight. One no contest in there, but not one that's, loss and fight. That's the one you're talking about because that's the one that she failed the, uh, the drug test. Yeah. And so I understand, but it's just not true. If you pull up Amanda Nunes' uh, record, she's won, she's lost, she's won, she's lost. Don't get me wrong, she's won a lot. What, the last one stop? And when, she, when was her last loss? Kat Zingano was her Kat last Zingano. lost yeah. in 2014. She's, that's, that's great. At 2014, plenty of years. Math is just not my strong Seven. suit. So, <laughs> so well, I did. I did one of her losses, you know, against Sarah. Um, she's a. At the time when Amanda was coming up, and she was in Invicta at the time, and then she was, uh, I'm sorry, Strike Force, and then Invicta, and uh, her fight with uh, Alexis Davis, she lost in Strike Force. And then she won a fight, and then she lost again when she went to Invicta with uh, Sarah D'Elio. And, you know, she was super athletic, and she was super, you know, talented, but did not know how to control it and would go out and burn herself out. And it's the big difference in what we see in her now is she has learned to relax in the fight. She controls the pace of the fight. She puts the fight where it's good for her against that opponent. So her fight IQ is so much higher now, which that comes with fights. Maturity. But yeah, absolutely. You know, her fight against Kat Zingano, you know, she was beating Kat up and she ran out of gas, you know, and this is what I was talking about. She just could not control that pace and she just went to kill everybody. But you could see even back then I told her, I said, you know, you're going to be great just got to relax because you could see she was tense and now she's not tense at all <laughs> she's yeah. just she is just a stone killer but i understand what you're saying is let's, let's take a look where that last one against cat was in 21 2014 2014 so she's gone you know basically yes eh, we'll say six and a half seven years compared to 13 yeah there's a big difference there's a big yeah. difference in that time frame you know, but uh, she's fantastic, and I take nothing from her. And right now, especially in the UFC, I only see one person that can compete with her and in any fashion have a chance of, you know, beating her in a fight, uh, and that's that's the champion in the 125. Shevchenko. Shevchenko. And here's the I, other I thing. Look at her. Where do you put Shevchenko in that conversation with them? Because I know she's got a longer duration that she needs to 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 beat women in her weight class, but she she her natural weight class is not 135. And if she has to fight no. Amanda News again, like that's not her natural weight class, and it shows. No, yeah, it Shevchenko does. could it's, do it's this there. for another seven years. Pro I won't say that long, but let's say another five <laughs> years. Let's say another five years. She can be dominant for another five years. And we're having these conversations. I think it's the three of them at the top of that food chain. But her only losses have been to Amanda Nunez. She's beat well, Holly. She, yeah. she had one to Liz Carmouche there long ago, but it was on a cut. And it should never have been stopped. In 2010. Yeah. yeah. That was her first loss. Ever. Yeah, over 10 years ago. So when you're comparing the two, I would they're right there almost together. I put Amanda slightly ahead of her because she's got two wins over her. But realistically, she's fighting up in a weight class. 
Like I don't oh, yeah. really, Both I don't, times. I don't really hold Izzy responsible for his loss to Yawn. He went up in a weight class. This doesn't mean he still can't be the greatest of all time. He still has a chance and opportunity to get there, but it's gonna be hard. But I mean, like, but he's still <laughs> damn good. He could definitely become the greatest guy at 185 ever, you know. And so, um, but to say that she's better than just th- Chris, just, just just think about what you just said, though. Hmm. He could be the greatest of all time at 185. He could be the greatest guy there ever. He's gonna have a lot again. This is where people forget. Think of the run that Anderson Silva had. Yeah. That was 185, man. I'm not saying that Izzy can't beat it, but he's got a he's got a long ways to go. But John, That's a tough one. The conversation can be made for him that it was with Chris Cyborg in this conversation. Same exact situation. Both yeah. both had problems with uh, Usada and both had problems with you know whatever the commissions. And so, look, if you want to put that aside, those two, I, sure, I will say Anderson's better than Izzy in terms of like he's already considered the goat in that weight class. And the same thing for Cyborg at that weight class. She's already the goat. But if you th- if you hold that against them, then I can see the argument for Amanda Nunes. But if you're p- comparing the two, no, Amanda Nunes has more to get to get to the top. But I think Valentina's right there as well. You know, she's in that she's could be in that conversation given that she's gone up twice and she's fought in her you know her three losses, but two of them are against two of them are against Amanda Nunes. Okay, but you then you go to the whole point of go to those two losses and in the first one it was a three round fight where amando definitely won the first two rounds and then the third round valentina was putting it on her and amanda was having problems fight ended and so it was clear to the judges you know you had already given the first two rounds and that, that was right and then in the second loss i did that fight that was a split decision loss it was close hmm. she's right there with her yeah, that's impressive. Do we see that fight a third time? I would. I, I honestly think eventually they're going to have to. If you take a, do me a favor, Dave, pull up the uh, the 135 division for the UFC and the ladies. If you look at the, you know, that, you know, she's already beaten Jermaine. She's already beaten Holly. I, you know, I like Aspen Lad, but she's not ready no, for. No, she's not. Amanda, I know that uh, Juliana Pena has been you know lobbying for that fight. And I really like Juliana. I think she's a tough girl and she's got a really good ground game. I just don't think that that's a good fight for her. Yeah. I think in the end, she, you know, here, this, this is what happened with Megan Anderson. And I, I wasn't going to say it, but, you know, I talked to people that were there and, uh, you know, when the first time she got hit by Amanda, she went, ow. Yeah. <laughs> that's something pro fighters don't normally do. Okay. And as soon as she did that, Amanda was like, okay, I'm just going to walk through. And then she hit her and hurt her. And she got the, you know, the legs started going and stuff. Amanda's got pop. And that's a hard thing for anyone to deal with when someone has got that ability because she's got fast hands Mm -hmm. and she's got snap behind it. So there's, you know, obviously Holly Holm is a really good boxer. And she's been the champion. She's a great fighter, but she doesn't have a ton of power in her in her hands. You know, she's got good kicks that she brings up at times, but she got knocked out, you know, yeah. by a kick from Amanda. And Amanda's just got, you know, she's got that that thing in her back pocket of the power that when she hits these other ladies, they go, ow. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah, it's true. She I feel like she is a young, not younger version, but a a 
like beginning version or modern day version of Jermaine. No, I think Michael Chandler. Ooh, I, oh, what? I'm being honest. Like, think about it. Michael what? Chandler blows himself out and he guts through it and gets through it. like her. She's had problems blowing herself. She found yeah. her power. Now she needs to learn how to conserve her energy. Saying. Chandler also about power. Yeah, yeah. Chandler's got power <laughs> though too. But I'm yeah, saying like, the two of them, they've they kind of I kind of when when you're comparing the two fighters, they both find ways. They they have they don't know how to conserve themselves. They just fight at a pace that they normally their bodies can't keep up with, you know, and then they use a lot of energy because they throw a lot of heat behind everything that they throw. So, um, but yeah, both great fighters. Both are good fighters. Um, With her, the only fight I really want to see is I want to see the Valentina one. And I would like to see the Jermaine one as as well, because that's that last Jermaine fight was was good. It was kind of getting a little spicy toward towards the end. Jermaine almost knocked her out with the up kick. There's a couple moments there Jermaine had. She just got to work on their takedown defense. It's driving me crazy. They're, remember, Jermaine almost caught her in a submission. Yeah. You know, um, once well, or, it was, was it was kind of close. Yeah. I just, deep triangle. I, I, I believe I it was a triangle, that. deep triangle. It, it's just that as time goes on, Jermaine, you know, how old is Jermaine now? Yeah, she's older. I want to say she's 38. Cause, yeah, because Amanda's, what, 32? 30, yeah, Cyborg's 32. like 35. Jermaine Geronimi uh, is, I think, 38. Cyrus thirty five and no Jermaine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it coming up. She's thirty six. Thirty six. Okay, a little, a little bit more. I, I, I thought she was a little older than that. And too, Cyborg's how old? Thirty five. Thirty five. Oh, thirty five. Okay, okay. Yeah, they're all in that mix there. Valentina's thirty three. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valentina's thirty three. Man, Jessica Andrade though, I think she has the potential. She has that potential. She can make it a dirty, grimy fight and get on. I love Jessica. I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> I love her. So, um, yeah, the fire plug, man. All right, what else you got? Question. Um, Ian Raffle wants to know uh, when you would stop a fight as a ref, would you ever feel bad for the fighter? What are your immediate emotions? And same goes for Josh. Do you ever feel bad for choking or knocking someone out in a fight after? <laughs> First off, do you ever feel sorry for? Of course you do. You feel sorry for almost everyone at times, man. They're putting their everything into something and they're standing you gotta figure you're standing in your underwear in front of a ton of people and you failed that sucks it's it's uh mentally it's hard to deal with it's crushing at times and many times fighters look at it like it's the end of the world to them when it's not and we you know we'll tell them all the time hey it's okay man pick yourself up you're gonna be fine you know everybody that cares about you still cares about you that's all that's important. Don't worry about all these other people. Worry about the people that are close to you. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, some of the things that I actually you know, have from the whole fight game, and I have certain pictures, and they weren't taken by me, but they were given to me, and they're me with fighters that have lost. And you know, it, there's always that thing of, you know, you do feel for that fighter. You feel incredibly bad for that fighter because you know exactly how much they put into it and how devastated they are at this time. So, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected that from you. I'd have been like, why would I feel bad? I just saved your life. Cause if this shit was in the streets, you'd be dead. <laughs> like, you know, like, like I don't, yeah, I didn't expect that. Yeah. I understand. It is, it is, uh, it's rough, man. Do I ever feel bad for choking someone out or finishing them? No, because I've, no. I put a couple people to sleep, but, I did feel I didn't feel bad for him, but I got a little nervous. There was a guy I fought down in Arizona called his name was Jason Abijan. 
and I hit him with a clean right. And as he dropped, he he bounced off the floor. I thought he was get. I thought it, like as if he was getting up, and I shin kicked him right across the front of the face, and he went stiff, like bad stiff. You know, uh, like put it this way: his arms went from his sides, and they started to raise in front of his face. His toes were elevated, not like just off the ground six inches, like they lifted a good two feet off the ground. And so his whole body looked like he was doing a V up. And I got a little nervous. Like I was like, oh, fuck. You know, so I, I did. Yeah. I feel bad. I felt bad in that situation. You know, um, that was probably the only time. The rest of the time, no. I mean, like, because you see them get up. You see them. I like it, that scared me. And that was that was, <laughs> that was early in my career, too. That was before I was with the UFC. So it was a little early for me. Yeah, I've never seen anyone get knocked out like that. Um, Raymond Venice asks, in you guys' opinion, how would a fight between Islam and Tony go? No, not a good one for it, Tony. <laughs> you want to take that one first? You want me to do it? I mean, we have to feel like we've already answered it. It's, I think it's a bad did. earlier th in this uh, in this video. We talked a lot about that fight. Look, I don't think it's a good fight for Tony. And I, I feel like every time we talk about Tony, as of lately, I'm, yeah, it's not people, good. Yeah, it? people think I'm digging on. I him. love him. No, and I love. I actually, I really like Tony. I like him as a person. I love what he's done in the sport. Um, it's just not a good fight for him. I think if you guys will realize what Charles Oliveira did to him on the ground. Charles Oliveira is nowhere near as strong as as Islam. Nowhere near. Maybe may a better grappler. Technically, probably a better grappler. But I can tell you, Islam will put him in positions and do whatever it is he wants to do. Just physically strong. And having experience of fighting Tony, I've said this multiple times. And people think I'm being a hater. He is not a strong person. And Islam will put him into a pretzel if that fight was to happen. Like, and I'm not trying to be a jerk. Just physically, he is not strong. And Islam is freakishly strong. So once the fight hits the ground, even on the feet, I think it's going to be a hard fight for Tony. You know? But it, once that fight hits the ground, which it will hit the ground, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a long night for Tony. I I look at there's certain fights if you're looking at you know that that lightweight division. There's a lot of guys and stuff, and there's guys that I think Tony can definitely go with and get a win. There's certain styles that don't you know lead to him being successful in my mind. Islam's Islam's a hard style for him first off he is also a southpaw that style has given him problems in the past yeah maybe not it just justin switches back and forth so he's just as more of a so well michael johnson orthodox, orthodox michael johnson is southpaw yeah. but i don't know i just think younger fighter getting older fighter i love tony tony's a beast i know he's training with uh freddie roach now doing a little bit of more boxing and stuff. So maybe Freddie's giving him a couple things that, uh, make you stand up just a little touch better. You know, so if that's going to work for him, I hope so. Oh, I also hear Ben Askren is training with Freddie Roach. Mm, interesting. Look at there. Hey, I told I'm you. starting to go to the Ben Askren side. I told you. <laughs> ben Askren's going to get this thing done, buddy. Uh, love it. Um, look, if I want to see Tony fight somebody and I mean, I'd hate to do this Dan Hooker again with quarantine, but I want to see him fight Dan Hooker, both tall, both long, really? both lanky. I think Tony can take him down. I don't know. Tony's gonna have a hard time with him on the feet, but I'd like to see that fight. I like wow. Dan Hooker and I like Tony. I think, I think it'd make for an interesting fight or you could watch Tony and, and Dos Santos. Benil. Yeah. Benil. That's a tough fight. Too. I think but Tony be and Benil is a good fight. It is a good fight. 
But does Tony want to fight point. someone who's in, who's not ranked? I know. No, he's ranked. But, well, he's ranked, yeah, he's ranked nine, number nine. But, I mean, Dan Hooker's one ahead. I guess I don't know. Yeah. But if you're gonna compare names, Dan Hooker and Benio, who are you taking? Benio, Benio's on the upswing. Come he on. is. But who who has the bigger name? Dan Hooker or Benio? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Benio just because I don't want to say Dan Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see Dan Hooker in quarantine for another 50 exactly. days. Exactly. Leave days. Dan alone. He needs to be with his family. Jeez. Oh, that's that's insane. That's insane. That is insane. I feel so bad for him. For yeah. that, Congratulations on finally getting home, Dan. I hope you enjoy your uh time with your family. You need it. All right, buddy. Two more. Crazy. Well, we got one more actually. Okay, and, one more. And uh and it's a non-MMA one, but this is the, fa- the, the I chose the questions that the fans thumbs up the most, and this was the most thumbs up question. Okay. Um, and Anthony Workman asks. Is that a way to say thumbs up? Thumbs up. I know. This thumbs is the most up. thumbs up. How do you say need? This is the most like need. Okay. Need. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> um, Anthony Workman says, has Josh ever heard Big John's story about uh, his honeymoon in Hawaii? It's not oh, MMA related, but should be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard this. Apparently, and you did. and you will not hear it on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Whoever this person is must know you pretty well. No, it was in John's book. Apparently, oh, uh, oh, how come you're gonna put it in your book, but you're not gonna tell me? Uh, it'll be a, get me uh, in trouble. Here, I, you know what? I'm gonna have a different one. I want. I, there is a personal thing that John told me a story about. Let me let me know. But it, it's not bad. It is pretty funny. For and this is also involving Miss McCarthy. But tell the story about what's the chicken with the fillet thing that like some great dinner that your kids didn't want to eat. You guys oh. have like this thing that where. Oh. Chicken a la king. Cheesy chicken a la king, man. There you go. Tell that, that story. Is, that story uh, was hella funny to me. Holy Christ. Because I, I remember my... sitting at the table as a kid and being afraid to tell my mom something because dad was going <laughs> to whoop the ass. <laughs> but please tell us. This is great. Oh, uh, this is horrible. We were, my kids were pretty young then. You know, so they were, they were very well behaved. But I have my, my youngest one was at about, he's about four or five at the time. And my, uh, daughter was somewhere around seven and my oldest one was around 10 and we had a uh, island in the kitchen and then we had chairs and i just put i just redone the kitchen so uh, they're sitting at this thing right and and i was working out in in the garage and i come in my wife calls she says dinner's ready (laughs) and i come in and my kids got this weird look on their face and they're just kind of like looking at me like and i'm like what the hell's wrong Right? And, say, hey, and, they, and she puts this thing and it's like these biscuits with this chicken and cheese sauce over the top thing right like oh right and i said this looks good and then potter gave me this look like don't do it but she didn't <laughs> say a word she didn't say a word and all of a sudden right i take and i boom and i, and I put that thing in my mouth and it tasted like a salt lick <laughs> my wife put so much salt in that thing it was so I'm like, holy Christ, right? I put it back, right? And they're, they're looking at me. I go, did you guys eat this? And they go, yes. Right? And she goes, what's wrong with it? Eat that sucker. Try it, right? It was, right? And, I, and she goes, oh, my God. Why did you? She goes, they, and they're all like, we we're afraid to tell you. She she read the ingredients wrong as far as how much salt. And she put like a quarter cup of salt in this thing. It was the nastiest tasting thing ever. So we went to dinner. Uh, we went out to eat. 
I just think about at that age, what, four, seven, and 10, something like that, yeah. trying to tell your mom, because you know what, those, at, and, that, and back then too, in those times, you actually, your parents said, you don't eat it, go to bed, you're going to bed without dinner, like, you're going to eat it tomorrow for breakfast, like, that's, I got that type of conversation, yeah. you didn't eat that, you got to eat it for breakfast tomorrow, if oh, you don't yeah. eat it for breakfast, you're eating it for dinner when you oh, get home, yeah. you know, it's like, oh man, and so all three kids are like, waiting to see what your face looked like, that's great. Oh man, my sister yeah. spit in my cereal one time, and I, my mom said the same thing: if you don't eat that, you're gonna... yeah. She she didn't believe me that my sister spit in it, and so oh. she's, she thought I just didn't want to eat my cereal, and so she's like, "No, you're eating it. If you don't eat it, then you're not getting anything else. You're gonna eat it for dinner." That was pretty much what you said. Oh. So I had to eat the cereal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's disgusting. Uh, I would have just threw it on the floor. <laughs> I wasn't gonna eat it later. I would have just thrown it on the floor. Yeah, but like, no. She, oh man, I'm. I'm I would have just went to school and just been like, hey, whatever, man. I got waited for lunch at school or something, man. Something. Oh, I would have snuck food in the middle of the night. Oh, man. That's all That's all you got for us today? That's it? All right. Well, hey, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this show. I'm glad we got a chance to clear this all up. Um, There will be hopefully. some changes to our schedule for a little bit on in terms of dropping shows. We will be dropping now on Wednesday. Uh, mornings, but what I wanted you guys to, to tell you guys is hit that notification button because we are going to be playing around a little bit with some times, so you'll get notified. Uh, sometimes we, we normally post it at say six a.m., which is our Sunday show, but we're going to be playing around with some times for our midweek show as of right now. And uh, we also, so if you hit that little notification, little bell off to the bottom right, that'll let you guys know when we drop our show. So the show will be dropping on Wednesdays, but we're going to play with some times anywhere between 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., sometimes maybe even at noon. But we're going to play with that a little bit because we're trying to make sure that we hit the peak time. on that's specific. Yeah, and, and that's specific time as well. Also, we're almost at 92,000, and just last week, we're at 90,000. So we want to thank you guys. You guys have been hitting that thumbs up. You guys have obviously been commenting because you guys blew us up with a bunch of comments. <laughs> Not what all positive, with you people, but hey. Right? We want to thank you guys just for commenting. We want to thank you guys for sharing our show. I saw a lot of shares on Twitter. I tried to repost them as much as possible. Um, I saw some of, some of them were trying to be sneaky and trying to add in some sponsors or not sponsors, but like their own little thing to it as well. And I was like, okay, I can't repost that or retweet that. But we want to thank you guys uh, for being such fans and being great to us. And uh, check out our shirts and buying our shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com. Also, the promo code is 100K. I didn't tell you guys that earlier uh, when we were doing it because we got sidetracked. But this is the St. Patrick's Day. It will only be on for March 17th. Uh, so and pick one up soon. Use the promo code 100K. John, I feel like it was a great show. The energy was up today. I was exhausted last show, man. It was just a oh. long day. The fights were the fights were really I gonna, good. I was going to say, dude, I couldn't even take one shot. You didn't yawn at all pretty good oh today I'm very impressed oh, yeah today. i drank a monster beforehand dude i would have been drunk off the last show of <laughs> i was so tired last <laughs> show i mean like i actually didn't realize how tired i was until i looked at the video and i was like my eyes were like barely open i was exhausted and i could just i was listening to the show and i was like man there was moments where you couldn't even hear what i was saying i was kind of whispering i don't know anyways i was exhausted it was a long day and i normally get up around 5 a.m you know somewhere in there and just all day with doing stuff and so anyways yeah it's all good but well, i'm glad I hope, we, uh, I hope everyone is uh understanding what we mean about stuff if you're not well yep and last else? thing you got to say josh no i usually let you say the last word because you See do it so much better 
See ya. <laughs> See ya.